Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. As I said, I'm not doing 24-hour doom and gloom. Ladies and gentlemen, the unemployment numbers today were devastating, but I'm going to give you some potential green shoots and some possible optimism to look at. I'm going to also talk about some trade-offs here and a little hidden gem that seemingly escaped widespread media coverage in that Michael Horowitz report about FBI spying that everybody seemed to ignore. A lot going on. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Listen, protect your online activity today from prying eyes. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe how are you today? Fine, sir. Dude, I'm staggering. Those uh, unemployment numbers are enough to knock me off my chair. Mind-boggling. Dude. You've never, wait, wait till I put them in context. Yeah. When I put them in context to the, the last significant economic dislocation we oh had in the Great my. Recession to see how bad those numbers are. Yeah. But yeah. I got an email from a listener yesterday, and she said, listen, I'm having a hard time with all this bad news. Yeah. Brighten my yeah. day up a little bit. I promise. Here you go. I promise I'm going to do that for there you, you Joe, Little smile. Paula, and all the listeners out there, there today. You are. So, all right. All today's right, show brother. brought to you by our friends at Bravo Company Manufacturing. Ladies and gentlemen, rocking their shirt today. Love their shirts. When our founding fathers crafted the Constitution, the first thing they did was ensure the rights of an individual to share ideas without limitation by government. You know how strongly I feel about free speech. You know how strongly I also feel about individual liberty, personal responsibility, and the Second Amendment. Ladies and gentlemen, now is the time. If you I mean, I have a story later in the show about the exploding sales in firearms, but folks, if you're in the market for a firearm now, please, please check out BCM, short for Bravo Company Manufacturing. They make the finest firearms out there. I have a couple. Sorry, just eight before the show. Because BCM believes in the same level of protection should be provided to every American, regardless if they're a private citizen, a law enforcement professional, or a member of our military. Here's the deal. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for a sporting rifle, that's fine but you're going to have to go elsewhere. That's not what Bravo Company makes. Bravo Company makes life-saving rifles and life-saving equipment. These are not sporting rifles. That's because they assume when a rifle leaves their shop, it'll be used in a life-or-death situation by a responsible citizen, law enforcement officer, or soldier overseas. Quality is all that matters to them. Every component of a BCM rifle is hand-assembled and tested by Americans in Heartland, Wisconsin to a life-saving standard. I picked mine up at the Federal Firearms Dealer years ago, they could not say enough about the quality of Bravo Company Manufacturing Rifles, BCM for short. To learn more about Bravo Company Manufacturing, head on over to BravoCompanyMFG.com. That's BravoCompanyMFG.com, like Mary Frank George, BravoCompanyMFG.com. Need more convincing? Find out more about BCM. Go look at their YouTube channel too. YouTube.com slash BravoCompanyUSA. All right, Producer Joe, let's go. Here we go, bro. Where's the bell? You didn't hear it? It's flashing. Oh. Mm -mm. No, I didn't hear it. No kidding. You got to give me a verbal ding, ding. Here we go. Ding, the ding, show ding, ding. There it is. Thank you. Thank you. Uh -huh. You got to look into that. For, we need to show. I checked it before the show, dude. Man, this is weird. Yeah. Well, you checked it wrong. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> All right. Let's get the bad news out of the way. I'm just mad. I love Joe. I I, people love you, Joe. Anything that seemed like a slight, I get a thousand emails. Stop. I'm not making fun of Joe. Joe's my buddy. Folks. Seriously, you having a, you okay over there? You having another? <laughs> balls can't change back. That kid's there. Now I can see myself. I want to get the bad news out of the way first. The numbers today, the un weekly unemployment claims numbers were devastating. This is on top of the 3 million last week. Numbers came out a little while ago. 6.6 .6 million new unemployment claims. Ladies and gentlemen, that number is staggering. Honestly, a number like that is so large, it's hard to put your arms around unless it's put in context of what this really means. We know it's bad. The question is not bad. The question is, how bad is it? And the answer yeah. is really bad. Put this in context, right? 1982, we had a stock market crash. The previous high in weekly unemployment claims before that, remember, we had 6.6 .6 million this week. The previous weekly jobs claims high in modern American history mm -hmm. was 695,000. Oh, my gosh. I know. The Great Recession. We just, uh, 2008, the most amount of unemployment claims, the largest number we had in a week, 665,000. Put this in context now. You had more unemployment claims in a day this week, in one day oh. this week, 
than you had during the worst week of the Great Recession. Now, before we get to the good news, and I promise, stay tuned, there will be some good news. And we do have some other stories today for you as well. I'm done. I'm done playing the BS media games. I'm done playing the liberal narrative. Here are the, 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 the conspiracy theorist hoaxers on the liberal left. The conspiracy theorists, remember the collusion gators yeah. and the quid pro quo Ukraine gator? Remember those folks? Oh, yeah. These are the same people who want to dictate the terms of the conversation. You're getting a double barrel middle finger from me. I'm going to start asking the questions you refuse to ask right now. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody's suggesting to you that if we don't continue this shutdown, you have blood on your hands. You can plant a big wet one on my ass. I'm sorry. I'm, believe me, I'm. This has kind of like been a thing around here lately, too. Yeah. We've been. Yeah. I'm not I'm not playing your games. It's now clear that people out there are terrified of this conversation. They want you panicked and in hysterics 24 hours a day. And the only way to do that. To distract you from the catastrophic damage being done to our economy is to keep you panicked and in hysterics 24 hours a day and to keep the facts and data from you. You understand what I'm saying? Please, with oh, a wink and a yes. nod, tell me you understand what's going on in the media right now. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. They do not want any conversation about trade-offs that occur in everyday life happening right now. Ladies and gentlemen, every single day of your life, you deal with pathogens, danger, the potential for road accidents, the potential for an airline accident. Every single day, construction go workers go to work. And you know, construction is one of the most dangerous fields out there. Do you know that? Yeah. They have death rates on par with law enforcement. Do you know that in construction, people die all the time? Why? We can't risk a single life for a building. People do it every single day. You're asking them, construction workers and cops, our police officers, our firemen, our corrections officers, our EMTs and paramedics, you're asking them to take a risk for you. You're putting their life. Wait, 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 Joe. I thought we're not allowed to have a conversation about putting one life at risk. We're not allowed to That's have right. that conversation, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Only allowed. when it's someone else. Yeah. No, no, doctors, EMTs, cops, you need to go to work right now and put your life at risk mm -hmm. to keep us alive. But when it comes to average Americans being able to make that same decision, in other words, like we're going to keep this shut down for how long again, despite the fact we just lost more jobs in a day than we lost the worst week of a great recession. We don't want to have that conversation about traders. You're not allowed to, because if you're allowed to have that conversation, the media won't dictate the terms of battle and the terms of battle are this. We will shut this down and continue to destroy our economy, our future, our kids' jobs, our prosperity, our livelihood, and our life savings. We will continue to do it because we said so. And any conversation about, is this really commensurate with the threat level of this virus? That will be silenced immediately. Believe me when I tell you I'm in this environment. It's happening everywhere. Trust me. Cash that check. So let's do some numbers now. How many people, Joe, have we lost to the coronavirus? We've lost 5,137 mm -hmm. as of this writing. Mm. Now, those numbers are in some dispute because in New York, there was an interesting thread yesterday that some of the people who passed tragically in New York died with coronavirus. Hmm. That does not necessarily mean they died from coronavirus. Matter of fact, there's a large disparity in those numbers when you introduce that. Having said that, let's attribute every loss in New York to coronavirus just for the sake of doing some basic numbers. All right. About risks and commensurate responses by the United States government. So we've lost 5,137 people. 6.6 million people lost their jobs this week at the low end. Those are the people who filed. There's probably hundreds of thousands, if not millions more, who haven't filed yet. So let's just say, Joe, for the sake of math, let's go down a continuum. Let's say at the high end, 10% of those people fall into drug use, stress from losing their jobs and their life savings. Mm -hmm. 
let's say 10% of those people. That would be 660,000 people who are going to suffer extremely negative health outcomes. I haven't even gotten into suicide yet. Mm. Drug use, alcoholism. I was a question asked yesterday about an increase in domestic violence now at the White House press conference. People whose lives are unquestionably being put at risk from this severe economic strain impairing their ability to take care of themselves. You say, Dan, that sounds like a lot, 10%. Fair. I agree. That does sound like a lot. Mm -hmm. Let's say 1% of those people. Probably a little closer to reality, 1%. Let's be optimistic. Let's say, Joe, only 1% of these 6.6 million people unemployed this week fall into alcoholism, drug use, there's incidences of domestic violence, let's mm-hmm. say, uh, again, stress imposed on their, on their, we know stress can kill you if you have heart condition, blood pressure. Again, we're not even getting into suicides. We know those increase in times of economic malaise, oh, yeah. despite the mainstream media's persistent lies on that, because mm-hmm. we do facts here, unlike the media, which lies to you. That would be 66,000 people. You may say, Dan, I'm a media hack and I love to lie to people. 1% of people unemployed could suffer some negative health outcome from it, potential death. That sounds too high, too. Let's go with 0.1% dude, of those 6.6 million people. Mm-hmm. That would be 6,600 people suffering and potentially dying as a direct result of the severe stress imposed upon them because their livelihoods have been blown away. That's 0.1%. That's 6,600 people. We've lost 5,137. Let's not have that conversation, though. Because liberal Amtrak quarter, bubble-dwelling losers and morons who sit there in their mommy's basement with their s'mores, with their media friends whose jobs are secure because they write anti-Trump articles 24 hours a day, which sell like clickbait to dopey liberals out there who suck them up like a hoover. Their jobs are fine. They can armchair quarterback all day. So they set up straw man arguments, dutifully lapped up dutifully lapped up by the media straw man arguments Joe that if you dare dare again I give you the double dare me you get the double barreled middle finger and I triple down on everything if you dare mention the fact that a economic shutdown nearly nationwide at this point based on the number of states that an economic shutdown may cause health damage, financial damage, and economic damage far worse than if we were to consider an alternate mechanism for controlling this potentially deadly virus. Nonetheless, if you dare mention it, Joe, you want people to die for the stock market. Go blank. Fill in the blanks. Yourself, losers. Mm-hmm. You're not the ones out there. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be okay. In case you think this is some self-serving thing, I'm telling you. We'll be fine. It's not about me. You have no idea, not you in the audience, because you're getting them too. These liberal nutbags in their media bubbles in the Washington, D.C., New York Amtrak tour. You want people to die. Open up the economy. You want people. It's about the stock market. You have no idea the rage building in the real world. None. I don't even want to. I'm Because I'm, I'm game for it. I'm a semi-public figure, but the people I talk to aren't, and I don't want to expose them to the rage mob. I'm going to keep their identities and the names of their businesses obviously out of this. I'm telling you at least 10 to 20, maybe more communications a day from people who are not politically active, who are friends, associates of friends, and people who know me, who communicate with me every day. The rage building at the response to this is getting to the red line, folks. You are wiping people out, wiping them out 
because you're listening to teenage bloggers at Mediaite and Media Matters who've never had real jobs. I'm not kidding. Who have never had actual jobs. Some of them are interns in their third year of college writing articles anytime someone mentions, is this trade-off really a good idea? Wiping people out for generations over a virus. We're not even sure yet what the actual fatality rate is. Is this a good idea? If you dare ask it, teenage bloggers with their s'mores in between porn sessions in the basement are writing articles. They want people to die for the stock market. And suckers are falling for it. No, not here. You can plant a big wet one, you know where. Now, let me give you some optimistic notes. I know that was a dour opening, and forgive me, but I had to set the table for what's going on behind the scenes, folks. The pressure to tote the line, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And don't read too much into that in where I, I'm talking about in the overall media ecosystem. The pressure to toe the line, shut it down, or you want people to die. I'm telling you is overwhelming. And anyone who dares ask questions, dares, is immediately attacked by vultures. Which only incentivizes me to triple and quadruple down. Let's give you some good news. There are some potential green shoots here. Again, a guy last night who dared to go on Laura Ingram. He was on before me. I'm not kidding. I was sitting right here. I just moved the microphone. I move it away when I do Fox and I change the background. I was on Laura Ingram's show last night on Fox. And right before me was a Dr. Stephen Smith. Here's the optimistic note. He said something last night. I'm not kidding. I had my earpiece in. I heard it and I took a note right away. I've got to cover this tomorrow. This is... This isn't a teen blogger from Mediaite. This is a real person with an actual job. He's an infectious disease expert, apparently with deep credibility in the field, a medical doctor who was on Ingram last night and said something incredible about how we could be turning the corner right now on this thing. And yet again, if you don't do 24-hour hysteria on the news, this story was largely ignored. And even worse, the liberal teenage bloggers on the left attacked this guy for saying this. Check this out. Now you actually have an intra-cohort comparison saying that this regimen works. And I'll get some real statisticians yeah. uh, besides my sons to look at that. Dr. Smith, thank you for all the work. You and I you and I, and our medicine cabinet of, of folks and all Laura, your colleagues, uh, thank Laura, you. I, I, Laura, I think this is the beginning of the end of the pandemic. I'm very serious. I have goosebumps. I'm not even kidding. When I heard that last night, I almost got choked up. Mm -hmm. This is a serious professional, medical professional in the field of infectious diseases on a major cable channel talking about the use of hydroxychloroquine as a game changer and says he believes from his experience that this may in fact be the beginning of the end. Now, it was only moments before the teenage blogger losers at Media Doesn't Matter, Media Matters, working for, for $2 an hour, attacked him on Twitter immediately because these are the scum of the earth. They are a wart on the ass of humankind, these people. they I'm not kidding. Mm -hmm. I'm not even going to tell you who they are. Because I'm really afraid of how it, nasty it's going to get out there. And I don't want to control. I'm not even going to tell you who these losers are. This guy on the front lines is talking about game-changing results to so the use of Plaquenil and a medication regimen in healing the sick from this deadly virus. And he's attacked because he appeared on Fox News and spoke about a drug that President Trump mentioned. Ladies and gentlemen, we were dealing with, I'm not kidding when I say this, we are dealing with a media environment right now of sociopaths. I am not kidding. I do not use that term lightly. Not all of them, not even a majority of them, but a small pocket of absolute lunatics at Media Matters, Mediaite, and elsewhere who are clear sociopaths actively attacking people on the front lines, trying to cure humanity of this plague. I am not kidding that guy gave me goosebumps 
we may be looking at the end of this. You're not allowed to talk about that, Joe. Mm -hmm. We need 24-hour hysteria and panic. Tune into my station. Click on my stupid website. Yeah, misery, misery. All the time. Not here. That's right, brother. Did you hear that? Let me give you some other good news. ScienceMag.org article. There's an old, old vaccination that's been getting some, not designed specifically to target uh, this uh like the uh, Wuhan virus, by the yeah. way. But this old vaccination for, uh, vaccination, excuse me, for tuberculosis, BCG, huh. that's been written about pretty extensively over the last few days. We just put it in Twitter, BCG. You'll see these articles. Here's one from sciencemag.org. Can a century-old tuberculosis vaccine steal the immune system against the new coronavirus? Ladies and gentlemen, they're finding out this BCG vaccine, which is decades old, may provide weeks-long protection against infection from the Wuhan virus. Folks, this is one, I can't even go through the list of potential treatments. We could be turning the corner on this right now, but you're not going to hear that because the left needs 24-hour hysteria. I'm going to talk about this too from behind the scenes, why they're doing this. Some people may not like this. Good man. All right. That's too bad. Yeah, yeah. You ought to, man. Mm -hmm. you, I think you know where I'm going. Yeah, I do. So that's more good news, Joe. Multiple treatments out there may be turning the corner on this. Yeah. Here's another thing. They're developing antibody tests. Antibodies, you know, proteins human bodies produce mm -hmm. in response to a specific pathogen that work like keys in a lock against that pathogen. They lock onto the antigen. Mm -hmm. Basically, you produce these antibodies specifically to very specific infections. And when you have these antibodies, when that pathogen invades your body again, they wipe them out instantly. Your immune response is how vaccines work. Listen, you know, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have to be an epidemiologist or vir virologist to explain the basic, you know, pharmacokinetics of how these things work. In these it's pretty simple. If you have the antibodies, you will not likely not get reinfected. There are tests for the antibodies. In other words, Joe... There are probably a boatload of people out there who have been infected with the coronavirus because we know up to 25% of them mm -hmm. don't show symptoms who don't even know they were infected who are probably now immune to reinfection. Mm -hmm. That would be good to know, no? Yeah. Nurses, frontline, you're immune. I would want to know that. Antibody tests are coming out, are being developed right now. Some of them are already out in the market where people are going to know we can alleviate that stress from a lot of people who may have already been infected. Now, let me give you some economic good news and a note of optimism, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to cover this story in more depth tomorrow. It's worth your time, but just let me touch on it a little bit today. The NFIB, a business survey they put out to small businesses in America, did a survey right before this hit in March. I'm going to cover this in more detail tomorrow because it's important. Ladies and gentlemen, the economy was exploding before this hit. I promise you, all of that did not go away. One key figure, right before it, 54% of businesses surveyed were hiring. 54%, a majority for liberals listening. Ladies and gentlemen, that didn't all disappear. A lot of it did. Some of it did. Some of it's not coming back. But it didn't all go away. As I said to you in a prior show, economic activity is being suppressed right now because the government is largely shutting down businesses which I think at this point is a dreadful move. I can't say that enough. There are tailored responses that would be more appropriate. When you go back to a restaurant after having your restaurant closed for three months, you're not going to eat twice to make up for the restaurant trip you didn't take. That economic activity is lost, tragically. But other economic activity isn't. If you're a business owner that's staying afloat right now and you needed a new car because your car's broken down, you're still going to buy that new car. You're just going to buy it later than you did now when the car dealer reopens. Ladies and gentlemen, thousands of other people are thinking the same thing. Meaning when the economy does open up because either the chloroquine works, we have this BCG vaccine, we have the combination, we find a new vaccine for this. When this happens, and it's going to happen soon, we are going to fix this. You are going to see an explosion of economic activity that can't be delayed anymore. You're running out of gas in your gas tank? You got to fill up your gas tank. You needed a new car before, you're going to have to get a new car now. You may have to get a cheaper car, but you're going to buy a car. 
This is all going to come in a flood of economic activity when this economy opens up again. I'm not cherry picking anything. I'm not telling you like liberals in the media who lie to you every day. Oh my gosh, it's going to be all terrible. We're going to die all the time. I'm not telling you either. Everything's going to be great, folks. Don't worry. It's not going to be great. But there are green shoots of things that are going to happen that I think will change possibly for the better when this is over. Let me give you some. I just talked about bottled up economic activity. That is going to happen. Movies you didn't see. I'm not a big fan of Hollywood, obviously. Once in a blue moon, we go to a movie now. But those movies that are being held up, they're going to come out too. You may say, I don't care about Hollywood people. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't care about these liberal actors either. But again, I'm not a liberal. I'm not going to lie to you. There are people who work in the industry. I know. I get their emails all the time. Oh, yeah. People who are Foley artists and voiceover artists. Joe's in entertainment. Joe was a musician. Joe's not a liberal. No. He matters too. What, because we don't like Brad Pitt? We got to screw over the lighting guy? Right. Uh, again, I'm not shilling for Holly. I'm just telling you, movies are going to come out later. Than where people are going to go see them. You will have economic activity come back. Here's another a note of optimism. Listen, the oil industry's in trouble and they're a big employer. And I'm desperately hoping they recover. But gas is very cheap right now. Do you understand what kind of a, a de facto tax cut that is for Americans when they go back to work? Ladies and gentlemen, you're talking about gas. It was $4 a gallon just, what, 10 years ago? Hmm. That's now selling for places for like $1.25. You're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars of money not burned off in your V6 that are now back in your wallet. That's real money. Finally, my last note of economic optimism when this bottled up economic activity is unleashed. You've had savings forced upon you in some cases and in other cases, especially business owners, you've had to burn through savings. But in other cases where businesses, some are staying alive. There have been people who've been forced to save money because there's nowhere to spend it. Those people are going to get back to our economy and spend that money in a flurry of economic activity when this is over. Again, not everyone. Sadly, all too many Americans, a 6.6 million unemployed and the business owners who employ them are burning through savings right now. But there are other pockets of people who've been forced to save money that they otherwise would have spent. That money will make its way into the economy. Folks, I'm not here for Pollyanna BS. I'm not here to spin your wheels and I'm not here to waste your time. I'm just not doing 24-hour doom and gloom all the time. I'm not. I refuse. We're going to fix this. That doctor who I trust over liberal Amtrak corridor losers is saying we're turning the corner. I'll take his word for it. All right, I've warned you repeatedly. You know, let me get to my second sponsor here, but I've warned you repeatedly about Nancy Pelosi. No phase four. Please stop the talk of a phase four stimulus. It is not a stimulus. Please stop. We just spent $2 trillion. Please stop. And let's figure out if that worked. I'm going to show you in a second how Pelosi's already, already planting the seeds for a disastrous ideological expansion of big government at the expense, excuse me, of your wallet and so-called phase four. Today's show also brought to you by buddies at ExpressVPN. Ladies and gentlemen, you hear me talk about ExpressVPN at the open of every show. Listen, protect your privacy now. Protect your privacy and security online. It is important. Here's something you may not know. You can also use ExpressVPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available to other countries. Listen, we know ExpressVPN is the best way to protect your online privacy from prying eyes. But did you know that? You can unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries. Pretty cool. We've tried it. Now that so many of us are stuck at home, it's only a matter of time before you run out of stuff to watch on Netflix. So this whole week, we've been using ExpressVPN to binge watch shows you just can't get if you have if you don't have ExpressVPN. It's pretty cool. Here's how it works. You fire up ExpressVPN app, change your location to the UK, refresh Netflix, and boom, boom, golden. See, ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control where you want sites to think you're located. You can choose from almost 100 different countries. It's really cool. I figured it out. <laughs> That's saying a lot. It's really that easy. You can think about all the Netflix libraries you can go through. You like anime? Use ExpressVPN to access Japanese Netflix and be spirited away. But it's not just Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. Listen, there are hundreds of VPNs out there. But the reason we use ExpressVPN here 
to watch shows and to work and to keep our online data private is because it's ridiculously fast. There's no buffering or lag. Stream in HD, no problem, lickety split. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices, phones, media consoles, smart TVs, and more. Watch what you want on a personal device or on the big screen wherever you are. If you visit my special link right now, expressvpn.com slash Bongino, we give it out at the beginning of our shows, you can get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, watch what you want, protect yourself online with ExpressVPN at expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Okay. Folks, no phase four. This phase four of the so-called stimulus is a scam. They are already loading it up with Democrat garbage. Again, don't take my word for it, ladies and gentlemen. I always beg you to fact check yourself, please. Fact check everything I tell you. Listen to Nancy Pelosi on CNN with Anderson Cooper, who basically slips, although I'm not sure she slips, and says, hey, listen, this phase four, we've got some ideas. This is a short one, but this is worth your time. This is a reasonable amount of time to say we couldn't get everything we wanted in the other bill. Let's begin to go down this path. But it is going to be a number of weeks because we're not here. Okay, so you couldn't get your ballot harvesting, your Green New Deal compliant planes, your uh, how many white dudes do you have at a boardroom in the last bill. So now she wants to pack it into a new bill. The answer is no. Folks, please. I'm humbly and, and with the greatest of respect begging you to call your congressmen and your senators, please. And shut this down. We should be working on reopening our economy and an exit plan from phase three. What's the exit plan? What is the exit plan? Are we going to cut government spending in the future? Is there going to be some accountability for this money spent? How do we claw back the $25 million we gave to the Kennedy Center? How are we going to open the economy? Are we going to recommend face masks? The the communications have been confusing on that. Are we going to recommend the continued quarantine for immunocompromised folks and the elderly while open up the economy to people who are young and healthy? Are we going to distribute antibody tests to make sure people who who they think they had the virus are in fact immune and can go back to work without fear of reinfection? Are we going to get that virus vaccine out there by January? Where's the battle plan to escape phase three before we spend another couple trillion dollars on phase four and bankrupt entire generations? Ladies and gentlemen, government bonds are not net worth. That's an overly fancy way of saying when the government spends money, it is not net worth to you. It is not going to make you richer. It is a Band-Aid, a bridge loan Mm -hmm. to get us out of phase three. That's it. No phase four. Shut this down now. Let's see what happens with the $2 trillion we just spent. Now, you're always a few weeks ahead of the news cycle on this show. I warned you last week and on a show this week as well that the Democrats, listen, ladies and gentlemen, they're already preparing their next narrative. I'm going to show you a tweet from the Democrat Sage Lawrence tribe in a minute. But the Democrats are already preparing for their next attack on Donald Trump. We've seen countless attacks, but so far the two big ones have been the PP tape collusion hoax, number one, and number two was the quid pro quo Ukraine hoax where Donald Trump was impeached for a, a crime with no victim. It was a quid pro quo with Ukraine. Ask the Ukrainians. They're like, there was no quid pro quo. Fascinating how that works. A, a, a crime, Joe, with no victim. Amazing how that always happens. <laughs> Round three's coming. Don't listen to me. Don't let fact check. Don't listen to me. I encourage you to fact check. Round three is coming, led by no less Adam Schiff and Nancy Pelosi themselves. But I want to play this video again, hammering home the point. Hat tip Tom Elliott on Twitter always has the best supercuts. This is a Grabian supercut. You got to follow Tom Elliott on Twitter. He does a great job. Best supercuts ever. The narrative is going to be Trump lied. People died, Joe. Trump didn't react Mm -hmm. properly and didn't see the threat coming. Here is a, you please save this super cut and blast it everywhere for your dopey liberal friends who will still insist that they were all over this thing in January, the Wuhan virus, while Trump was asleep at the wheel. Here is a super cut of Democrats. If you want to watch it, youtube.com slash Bongino, but the audio is fine. Of Democrats downplaying this whole thing, Joe. Oh, don't worry. It's like the flu. Check Mm -hmm. this out. 
The risk to New Yorkers for coronavirus is low. And our city preparedness is high. This should not stop you from going about your life, should not stop you from going to Chinatown and going out to eat. I'm going to do that today myself. Come to Chinatown. Here we are. We're, again, careful, safe, and come join us. There is no concern at this time for coronavirus in our region. The Department of Sanitation is ready for Mardi Gras 2020. The facts are reassuring. We want New Yorkers to go about their daily lives. But there's really no need to panic and to avoid activities that we always do as New Yorkers. We are a hearty people. Americans do not need to panic. What I would suggest, however, mm-hmm. is that Americans take this as a wake-up call for seasonal flu. There's very little threat here. This disease, even if you were to get it, basically acts like a common cold or flu. So we're telling New Yorkers, go about your lives, take the subway, go out, enjoy life. And certainly not to miss the parade next Sunday. I'm gonna be there. If you had to, would you close down the borders? No. We need to be honest about the American people, with the American people about the fact that we can't keep people coming here from China. And transmission is not that easy. I think there's been a misperception um, that coronavirus hangs in the air waiting to catch you. No, it takes direct person-to-person contact. We also know that if it were likely to be transmitted casually, we would be seeing a lot, a lot more, more cases. cases. Right, right, because yeah. this is New York, and you're in elevators exactly. and trains exactly. with, with everybody all the time. There we go. Yep. Don't listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. Listen to the Democrats themselves. That was Ron Klain, the New York City health commissioner, the New York City mayor, a bunch of prominent liberal media figures pretending to be journalists saying, ah, don't you worry, it's no big deal. These are some of the same lunatics, especially Ron Klain, Obama's former Ebola advisor with no medical experience whatsoever, by the way. These are some of the same lunatics now trying to foster a BS narrative that Trump missed the ball. Trump lied. People died. So what are we going to get? We're going to see this Daily Caller article come to fruition shortly. In the real world, Daily Caller, Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff is back. Pencil neck collusion hoaxing uh, loser. Adam Schiff wants to create a 9-11 style coronavirus commission by William Davis. Story will be in my show notes. Bongino.com slash newsletter. Ladies and gentlemen, nothing the Democrats do is by mistake. As I said to you yesterday, not to repeat the show, but the point is worth repeating. You are going to hear 9-11 comparisons over and over and over again, despite the fact they have nothing to do with one another. Why? Because obviously the Democrats can use that to garner public support for an investigation into what happened, despite the fact that even if they do that investigation, what they find might not be so nice about the Democrats. Wait till the Republicans get their shot and start replaying that supercut. Not going to look so good, is it? Now, if you want, just don't, if you're going to follow this guy, I mean, listen, I'm not lecturing anybody, but don't say anything nasty because he'll block you and then you'll miss the ball. Here's Lawrence Tribe. If you ever want to find out and get weeks heads, weeks weeks in advance heads up about BS liberal media narratives, in other words, the story they're going to tell you in the coming weeks, it's nonsense. Go to this guy. Here's Lawrence Tribe. This is where I get all my, he's probably going to block me. after. This is where I get all my good stuff. This is Nancy Pelosi's buddy. He's at Tribe, T-R-I-B-E-L-A-W. Again, don't say anything nasty because they'll block you. And you don't want that. Here is him yesterday on April 1st. Tweeting this, showing you again, they're already preparing the narrative. What I told you, Trump lied, people died, and he stopped Democrat states from getting uh, the the need uh, the the, uh, the assistance they needed during the Wuhan crisis. Quote, Lawrence Tribe, to the limited extent the federal government is stepping up, it's clearly letting partisan politics shape which states get their share of the medical needs met. Oh, here we go. Mm. That's an outrageous abuse of presidential power. It must be exposed. It must stop. Ladies and gentlemen, Lawrence Tribe is a lunatic. He is making this up out of whole cloth, and he knows it. Even the liberal, far-left, radical, atrocious governor of California, Gavin Newsom, this guy's terrible, has said when asked on CNN, I'd play the cup, but I could go on with this all day. Hey, you know, has President Trump been responsive to your needs? And uh, Newsom was like, yeah, you know, I'd be lying if I said otherwise. There is no evidence whatsoever to support anything Lawrence Tribe puts in that tweet. But this is Nancy Pelosi's 
he whispers in the ear. He whispers in her ear all day, like sits on her shoulder. This is their next narrative. Trump lied about the threat, despite that you just heard the Democrats downplaying it. Trump lied about the threat. And then when it came to responding to the states, he helped Republican states over Democrat states. This is going to be their next hoax. It's right there. Just follow Trump. You can follow him. Don't comment on it. Just follow this guy every day. You will be months ahead of what Nancy Pelosi's thinking because Tribe is Nancy Pelosi's brain. Her brain exists outside of her body (laughs) in the Lawrence Tribe Twitter feed. Um, Just mark it. Just mark it. What's the date? April 2nd. Mark it. Just mark it. Have we ever been wrong on this stuff? Nope. Not yet. All right, moving on. This is a must-watch, if there ever was a must-watch. Tucker Carlson, I was going to get to this yesterday, but I wanted to be sure I did this story right. Tucker Carlson did a segment on his show, not last night, but the night before, that has been going, uh, no pun intended, viral everywhere. And it asks some pretty damning questions. Let me just get right to it. Did the Wuhan virus originate in a Chinese laboratory? Joe, you can't ask that either. Oh, don't ask that. Because, you know, the liberal media folks, that's racist to say that, of course. Of course. And, of course, when they put a perimeter fence around what they say I'm allowed to say, I flip the double-barreled middle finger, jump over the fence, and quadruple down. Bada-bing. So Tucker did this segment, and he asked some really compelling questions. And it kind of may explain why a lot of these media hacks in hock to China for some reason are desperate to make the Wuhan virus be called anything other than the Wuhan virus. Watch this. Do not tune out. Matter of fact, watch it twice. Check this out. Here's what the paper says. First, the scientists confirm what scientists around the world have said they believe. The virus most likely came from an animal known as the intermediate horseshoe bat, Here's the striking thing. There are no known colonies of this bat within 900 kilometers of Wuhan, nor is there any evidence that they were sold in the Wuhan wet market, despite many claims in the American media to the contrary, including on this show, by the way. Last night, we did a segment on wet markets, the one in Wuhan included, and suggested that this bat was sold there. But let's be clear. The only actual analysis of that question that we're aware of is in this paper. These scientists interviewed almost 60 people, 59 of them, who frequented the Wuhan wet market. They confirmed there were no horseshoe bats for sale there, period. So that raises the question, where did the virus-carrying bats come from? And the paper says this, quote, We screened the area around the market and identified two laboratories conducting research on bat coronavirus. Within a few hundred yards of the wet market was something called the Wuhan Center for Disease Control and Prevention. According to public reports, the center used intermediate horseshoe bats for research. Then about seven miles away was another facility. This one was called the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The Virology Institute also conducted research on intermediate horseshoe bats, the ones that were not sold at the wet market. South China University scientists concluded that the coronavirus pandemic, the one that people are dying from here, likely came from one of these two government labs in Wuhan. They noticed that a scientist at the Wuhan Center for Disease Control and Prevention had been exposed to the blood and urine of horseshoe bats. They also suggested that infected tissue samples from research animals may have wound up in the Wuhan wet market. And they ended the paper this way, quote, the killer coronavirus probably originated from a laboratory in Wuhan. Safety levels may need to be reinforced in high risk biohazardous laboratories. Regulations may be taken to relocate these laboratories far away from city centers and other densely populated places. End quote. Uh, now, Tucker was clear at the beginning of the segment, but in the interest of time, I couldn't play the whole thing. The whole segment's over eight minutes long. That he can't verify the report, and Fox can't. They've, they haven't been able to verify that report from China, by the way. He was clear, but neither can I. I don't know people from that institute. But don't you think that's a question worth asking? I'm just going to put that out there because I thought we were doing journalisming. Investigative report. So there's a paper out there you're suggesting 
may or be, may not be real. We don't know. May the information may. There's a paper out there suggesting that a Chinese lab that this virus may have escaped from a Chinese lab, and nope. You can't ask that. That's racist. Uh, you can pound sand. Not interested in your commentary, but thanks. Have a nice day. And by the way, the more you tell us not to talk about it, the more we will talk about it. What we always do on this show. Remember how well that worked for you with Spygate? You're mm. not allowed to talk about that. You're a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. With two best-selling books later and probably 600 episodes on it. You see how well that free speech suppression thing worked for you, Libs. Good job. No, we'll continue to ask questions. I have an interesting article in PJ Media about this segment too today in the show notes. I strongly encourage you to check out. It's definitely worth your time. Did COVID-19 originate in a Chinese lab? And why is it crazy to ask by Jim Treacher? Check it out. It's about that segment. You know, it'd be interesting here if we had a timeline put together. It's a quickie timeline of exactly what happened with the Wuhan virus. Oh, National Review to the Rescue, Jim Garrity. The comprehensive timeline of China's COVID-19 lies. Now, I'm not going to go through the entire timeline. I picked three screenshots from it. But ladies and gentlemen, when you take it to the fact that there is some suspicion that this virus may have originated with this horseshoe bat that exists in these labs, apparently only, and it's not native to that area of Wuhan. Yeah, we'd kind of want to know the timeline and maybe why media people are parroting Chinese propaganda that don't you dare call this the Chinese Wuhan virus yeah. that came from Wuhan in China. But we'll call you a racist and a media figures in the United States. Pravda media figures pile on. Let's look at this timeline. Let's go to screenshot one from this piece again in the show notes and worth your time. December 6th is the symptom onset date of the first patient identified. Patient zero. Five days after illness onset, this patient's wife, a 53-year-old woman who have no known history of exposure to the wet market, also presented with pneumonia and was hospitalized in the isolation ward. In other words, as early as the second week of December, Wuhan doctors were finding cases that indicated the virus was spreading from one human to another. Key point. First week in December. Mm -hmm. December 21st. Wuhan doctors begin to notice, quote, a cluster of pneumonia cases with an unknown cause. December 25th, Christmas. Chinese medical staff in two hospitals in Wuhan are suspected of contracting viral pneumonia and are quarantined. This is additional strong evidence of human-to-human -human transmission. It goes on. The timeline continues. Again, this National Review piece, worth your time. Sometime in late December, Wuhan hospitals notice an exponential increase in the number of cases that cannot be linked back to the Hunan seafood wholesale market, according to the New England Journal of Medicine. December 30th, a hero, Dr. Li Wenlang, sent a message to a group of other doctors warning them he has since died and been disappeared. Warning them about a possible outbreak of an illness that resembled SARS, resembled SARS urging them to take protective measures against infection. December 31st, listen to this. The Wuhan Municipal Health Commission declares the investigation so far has not found any obvious human-to-human -human transmission and no medical staff infection. A lie from China. This is the opposite of the belief of the doctors working on patients in Wuhan and two doctors who were already suspected of contracting the virus. January 1st, we'll leave it here. Also that day, after several batches of genome sequence results had been returned to hospitals and submitted to health authorities, an employee of one of the genomics companies sequencing this virus received a phone call from an official at the Hubei Provincial Health Commission ordering the company to stop testing samples from Wuhan related to the new disease and destroy all existing samples. Ladies and gentlemen, this sounds like a horror movie. Oh. Okay. This is the last paragraph. According to a New York Times study of cell phone data from China, now we know, January 1st, we know the, uh, the Chinese Communist Party suppressing human-to-human -human transmission. We know doctors are infected, and we know this is a mass outbreak. New York Times reports, as of January 1st, according to cell phone data, while this is raging in Wuhan, and Nancy Pelosi is getting ready to sign her impeachment articles, 175,000 people 
leave Wuhan that day. Holy. According to global travel data research, OAG, 21 countries have direct flights to Wuhan. In the first quarter of 2019, for comparison, 13,267 air passengers traveled from Wuhan, China to destinations in the United States, or about 4,422 per month. The U.S. government would not bar foreign nationals who had traveled to China from entering the country for another month. While the Democrats were calling it racist. Now you see how a global pandemic starts? Lies, deceit, cheap garbage political infighting in the United States using identity politics, Communist Party thought suppression and speech suppression, doctors disappearing, labs being suspected, a novel coronavirus we haven't seen before, no herd immunity, no vaccine. If you had a series of potential bad data points to all put together in one bucket at the same time to create a global crisis, this was it. That timeline is horrifying. 175,000 people left the hot zone while the Chinese government, the Communist Party, was lying about human-to-human transmission. Do you have any idea how many lives were put at risk? Now, you may be you know, wondering why we're getting false information from our media every day. Probably not if you're watching my show. You know they're a bunch of lying hacks. Hmm? But the media has been all too eager to crap all over America like they always do and say, America, leading the world in infections, which is nonsense, by the way. When you do it per capita like they do everything else, we are not leading the world in infections. And they're also eager, Joe, to say, well, there, we've had more infections here with the Wuhan virus than China. Not so much. Let's check out this legal insurrection piece again in the show notes where you're seriously in the media relying on the Chinese Communist Party's intelligence after what I just told you and laid out in that timeline. Mary Chastain, legal insurrection. Shocker. U.S. intelligence says China underreported cases and deaths related to Wuhan coronavirus. Mm -hmm. But don't worry, media people. Keep parroting the talking point that the United States is so dreadful and awful and President Trump and we are in fact leading the world in infections, despite the fact that we know the Chinese have lied from day one. You keep it up. We know whose team you're on, and it isn't ours. We all get that. That's why your approval rating for the media is zero. Zero. It's like subterranean. Because we know you're liars. All right, I'm, I'm going to have to save portions of this for you know what can we just jump to the let's go to the wall street journal portions i want to tomorrow tomorrow's show is going to be important i want to set up for you hat tip to audience archivist judy by the way who sent me over some stuff i did and some new york times stuff i want to go over tomorrow it's going to require a little bit of setup hmm. how the media softens you up for a narrative and produce to you the exhibits if they're going to be damning don't miss tomorrow's show but there's a wall street journal piece And there are some hidden nuggets in the Horowitz report that came out yesterday. To be clear, that's the inspector general report who was looking in to the government's use of spying through the FISA courts, the terrorism courts, the foreign intelligence surveillance courts. Mm -hmm. And I reported to you yesterday that in a limited subset of cases, the inspector general looked at, they found out that the FBI's use of the FISA courts to spy on people, the entire process is broken. There cases, there were no evidence. There was no evidence file. But there were some other nuggets in here, ladies and gentlemen, shockingly, that are even worse. Wall Street Journal editorial board this morning. The Federal Bureau of Inaccuracy. The Justice IG finds even more abuses of wiretap applications. Yes, It gets worse. So yesterday I told you that Horowitz, looking into the FBI's spying process using these courts, looked at 25 cases of FISA court warrants for spying applications. Four of them had no Woods file at all, meaning no file documenting. That's what the Woods file is. The file documenting their evidence. Mm -hmm. They couldn't even find the file in four cases. Three, they said it probably didn't even exist at all. And in the other 25, 
They found gross inaccuracies about the evidence the FBI was using to spy on people. Ah, kind of a big deal. You'd think this would be a big media story. No, oh, no, no, no. It actually didn't even make it onto a lot of mainstream media channels, which was shocking. You may say, Dan, how does it get any worse? They picked 25 spying cases and all of them had problems? Oh, it does get worse. Look at this from the journal today. I saw this in the report yesterday. I was going to put it, but I'm running out of, there's so much going on. Quote, the inspector general found the FBI's oversight mechanism to ensure the Woods file accuracy were also lacking. So wait, hold this up for a second here. So not only did they find problems with the files they looked at, Joe, then they followed the ASDFBI. Do you have an oversight process for checking into why you're spying on people? They said, yeah, yeah, we've got this oversight process. So then they looked into the oversight process, and that was messed up too. Listen to this. FBI policy requires lawyers and FBI field offices and the DOJ's National Security Division, Joe, to perform an annual accuracy review Hmm. of a set number of applications. Okay. So the Bureau picks these spying warrants and says, hey, are these accurate? No, it sounds legit. Uh, not so much. The IG discovered that in all of these reviews, the field officers are given advance notification (laughs) of which application will be requested, allowing them to spruce up those files for inspection. What? Holy moly. So listen, Joe's not my employee. He works with me, the contractor. But Uh. can you imagine if like Joe had worked for me? Like he's my employee, like full-time guy, and he's in our studio here, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I say to him, we're going to conduct random reviews of Joe's work product, right? Mm-hmm. Well, people do that all the time. That's quality check, Joe's Adobe Audition files. Right. Do you think Joe is more likely, if I give him a weak heads up, that I'm going to look at episode, say, 1198 and check the audio quality? Mm-hmm. Do you think it's possible that Joe, if he gets a week's heads up, goes back and spruces up that audio file to make it sound really good so when I check it, I don't find any faults? In- Do you think that's well, possible? Yeah. I'm just going to throw that the out there. The last time you did so, that, I got it. I straightened I it would, out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would do the same thing. Yeah. I would do the same thing. If Joe, if I worked for Joe and Joe said to me, oh, listen, dude. I'm thinking yeah. about putting your show on 5,000 terrestrial radio stations around the world, you know, uh, but we're going to do a random check. Here's a hint. We're going to look at episode 1198. I go back to 1188 and start adding extra material tomorrow. Yeah. So just to be clear, the inspector general picks 25 cases. They're all screwed up. Three of them don't even have Woods files documenting their evidence. The other 25, the evidence is screwed up. Then they say, hey, do you guys at least have an oversight process? Yeah, we got that too. But we give the FBI office a heads up about which files. So if they are messed up, they can go back and spruce them up before you look at them. What the (laughs) hell is going on here? You may say, surely, surely this can't get any worse. By the way, where are the civil libertarians? Again, where are you? Yeah. Liberals. Yeah, we came out uh civil liberty. The uh-huh. ACLU, where are where are you? Where are you? Now the ACLU has spoken out about something to their credit. Some. Okay. They should be on this every day. We're spying on people with no corresponding evidence files that are actually accurate. Holy Moses. Yes, it gets worse. Another part of the piece. Look at this. Even then, even then, when the Bureau was given a heads up, hey, we're going to look at these files for the evidence you're using to spy on people, spruce them up. Even then, they were botched jobs by the government's own admission. Oh, my gosh, this is staggering. The IG looked at 34 of these accuracy review reports. In other words, they were given a heads up first, which covered 42 FISA applications. Reports related to only three of the applications delivered a clean bill of health. Holy Moses. But, quote, the reports covering the remaining 39 applications, they were given the answers to the test already. Yeah. Identified a total of 390 issues, including unverified, inaccurate, or inadequately supported facts, as well as typographical errors. 
And when the results of these reviews go into reports, the IG found FBI headquarters doesn't use the findings in any comprehensive strategic fashion to assess the performance of individuals involved in and accountable for FISA applications. Man. This is incredible. Mm. This is incredible. This is only one of the biggest stories of the decade that we've been using a secret court to spy on people with a documented procedure that's been largely ignored by the FBI. And even when given the cheat sheet ahead of time to spruce up the files, they're going to look at, they still found 390 errors out of 39 reports. This is incredible. But don't worry, media types. Keep up with your narrative out there that this is a pattern and therefore they weren't specifically targeting Donald Trump. Two totally different stories that the deceptive Pravda gaslighting media, the Charlie Savages and Adam Goldman's of the world, the New York Times, two totally separate stories they've geniusly tied together in a mosaic story to lead you to believe that because the FBI screwed up on other FISA applications, that don't you worry. That story means they weren't targeting Donald Trump. I'm going to tomorrow show you Charlie Savage and Adam Goldman exactly what they did. How they tied together this story to the Trump story and made it seem like it's the same thing. Same problem, not the same narrative. And how they did it and how they were prepping you as early as February. Don't miss tomorrow's show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for tuning in. I will get to that gun story tomorrow, too. Paul Bedard, Washington Examiner, gun sales, firearm sales are through the roof, through the roof. But don't worry, take liberals' advice. You don't need to protect yourself, don't you worry. Clearly, everybody's giving them the double-barreled middle finger, too, and saying, ah, I'll do my own thing. Thanks. You guys really aren't good for preparedness advice. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino, and subscribe to our audio show on Apple Podcasts. It's all free, but it really helps us move up the charts. We've been top 10 on Apple yep. for two weeks now. Thank you very much. Go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe to the audio show. It's all free. Helps us move up the charts. Really appreciate it. See you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.